Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the B-Roll Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony, and this is my other host, Chris. Say hi, Chris. Hi. There it is. Hi, Chris. God bless. The B-Roll Podcast <laughs> is a podcast where we watch straight-to-stream or indie direct-to-DVD science fiction and science fiction affiliated films or movies and then we uh, break them down give our uneducated opinions and uh, riff on them a little bit uneducated i'm sorry do you feel like you're educated <laughs> i just feel like i'm unqualified i oh. think that's more what it is yeah oh well, I'm, i think one i'm educated i'm well versed in watching bad <laughs> movies excuse me sir all right all right well you know we don't try to watch bad movies we're trying to find trying to find good ones it's the hidden gems. The hidden gems. So what uh, what movie did we watch for today's episode? Uh, we watched Extinction. This is a movie that you picked out. I did. I did. In this podcast, we do things, I guess, a little differently. We actually kind of spoil, I, I guess, if there are spoilers, we kind of talk about the movie itself first, and then we break down the plot, and then we give our final thoughts, and we ultimately determine if we liked the movie or not. Yeah. So Really, we just do whatever we want. Yeah. We just pretend that we have an outline. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this movie, Extinction. This is a Michael Pena joint. Yeah. I think this movie came out right after, I don't want to say like during, like, is this guy having a career renaissance? Because I don't remember him being in anything before. I don't, like, he was, I don't think so. He's in a he's couple in, films. He's in a lot of things. I mean, he was an Ant-Man in, in The Martian, whatnot. That's all before this. He was in Battle yeah. of Los Angeles. We're sticking with the sci-fi theme. Yeah. I mean, he's been in a lot of things. Well, I think, I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, I didn't know he existed. And then I saw Ant-Man. And then I saw this guy in a bunch of movies afterwards. I'm going to say that it's either happenstance, you just happen to see movies with him in it. Or maybe since you saw him in Ant-Man, you started recognizing him. Hmm. Maybe. Okay. Because he, he was in American Hustle and End of Watch. Some other stuff. Hmm. So... Okay. He was also in My Little Pony, the movie. I know you saw that. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know there was a My Little Pony, the movie. Uh, I didn't either. <sighs> Fair enough. Okay, back to Totally didn't movie. know that until just now. <laughs> promise. <laughs> this is an interesting film. Um, the twist. We kind of get an uh, interesting twist three-fourths yeah. of the way. Yeah. Essentially, this movie is marketed. Uh, what's the blurb? We, I should definitely prepare for this. You blurb. should. I was about to. I'm so so glad you said it. <laughs> the blurb: Plagued by dreams of an alien invasion, a family man faces his worst nightmare when ex when an extraterrestrial force begins exterminating Earth's inhabitants. Yeah. So the. Do you have the IMDb IMDb blurb, or would you like me to read that? Feel free. Well, right. as usual, it's a little more verbose. A father has a recurring dream of losing his family. His nightmare turns into reality when the planet is invaded by a force bent on destruction. Fighting for their lives, he comes to realize an unknown strength to keep them safe from harm. I have, I have a few little, I have a couple of bones to pick with the accuracy on that one. But it's hard, okay. right? Because, well, because I think the bits of it that are, I would call wrong go along with that twist we were we were talking about so i so i, I kind of want to forgive it a little bit because yeah you give sure. out a little bit of marketing that doesn't give away the twist so you kind of push you know the the wrong thing i mean do we want to talk about the spoilers real quick or do you want to wait till we get there in the i don't care what do you i don't Let's think get out it's, of the way okay well did you 
Did you like the twist? So I'll answer that question by kind of uh, anyone who hasn't seen this movie, <laughs> stop listening right now. Yeah, I uh, think. It, well, yeah, you... let's start. Let's start there. I'm sorry. Let's back up a little bit. Yeah, we don't really do this. This is not something we deliberately do, but it kind of comes out at the beginning of every episode when we're talking about a movie, uh, whether or not you should, you being the audience, should watch the movie or not. So I'm guessing from your initial hey, stop listening, you you think yeah. this is a movie that's worth, if you're interested at all in this movie, you should go watch it and not get spoiled. Yeah. I wouldn't consider this to be on the same level as like The Sixth Sense, no. or Bioshock, but... If someone spoils this movie for you, like it's gonna, it's kind of gonna suck. Sure, sure. It's it's something once you know going in, because I, I the sixth sense actually was spoiled for me. Mm. Still a great movie, worth watching, but not nearly the same. This movie, well, the, the twist isn't nearly as good. Few things are. Let's let's be honest. Few things are as good as the twist in Sixth Sense. Sure. Uh, we're we're well, comparing it to it's pretty highbrow. You could make you could make an argument that's. Like I think there was some study, and I'm I'm not going to remember where I read it from, and the internet's going to freak out because I'm not going to give a source. But I remember reading on some website, some article, that spoilers actually make movies or television shows better. Oh, wow, really? Like that you, you can enjoy the movie more knowing what's going to happen. Like, if you've never seen The Sixth Sense, which, <laughs> come on, watching that movie again the second time... Sure, I get watching it the second time, but not is the a first different time. experience. But you, right. by spoiling it, you take away their ability to watch it a second time. Sure, I am com- in complete disagreement <laughs> with whatever study you just made up and didn't source no. like some sort of. Ugh. No, it was. It, I read it because they were uh-huh. talking about Game of Thrones. I mean, we talk about Game of Thrones a lot, but you're a little obsessed. Anyways, so in Game of Thrones, there's a particular moment called the Red Wedding. And it was spoiled for a lot of people. And that's sure. right around the time that episode came out is when I read that article. I don't agree with the article. I just found it fascinating that a yeah. study was taken. The difference between The Sixth Sense and The Red Wedding is that with The Red Wedding, it's a plot. It's not really a plot twist. It's so minor. It happens in one episode. It's a yeah. huge shift for the show. Sure. It doesn't change everything that happened before it. While The Twist in Sixth Sense changes your outlook on the entire movie up to that point. And I think... Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I totally agree with what you're saying. I was just presenting an alternative thought. Yeah, don't in do terms that of, <laughs> In terms of this movie, I definitely think it's worth saving. So if you have not seen Extinction, you should go watch it before listening to the rest of this episode. For sure. For sure. Spoilers I would agree with that. five, four, three, two, one. The extraterrestrial invaders are not actually aliens. They're humans, as we find out. The main characters of our story are actually synthetic uh, humanoids, androids, Androids. robots, however you prefer it. A lot of that popping up these days with uh, Picard, the new Star Trek series. Oh, yeah. Let's just let's just uh, it's in the first episode. I guess it is. It is in the first. I was like, (laughs) did you just spoil? You're like, no, this 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 movie that's straight to Netflix. Let's spend four (laughs) minutes talking about it before we spoil it. Picard, yeah, offhand comment. No, no, I mean, like, it's part of the marketing. <laughs> it's part of the I marketing of this show. I stay away from marketing on Anyways. things that I know I want to watch. What did you think about the fact that they were that they were technically the bad guys? 
Well, it's the up, entire time. It's up for debate whether or not they're the bad guys. I think. Sure. The conversation on that won't make a lot of sense till we go through the plot mm-hmm. um, in its entirety. But yeah, the quote unquote alien invader takes his helmet off and looks human, and I was just like, "What the heck?" Yeah. I had an audible response to it. What, what is going on? Like, is this? Does he just look like this? Is he being controlled by an alien? Is he really human? Like, what? What is yeah. going on? You know, it raised a lot of questions and then kept you kept you going throughout of it. it it definitely kept it from being just another i don't know disaster alien sure. invasion movie it was not beyond skylines <laughs> yeah just well, what i'm always I mean, looking for i'm looking for not beyond <laughs> skylines when i look at movies like this so we just watched a movie singularity that had a very similar an ai versus human kind of story i think this sure, did it a sure. lot better in, in terms of its whole i think this movie was not only a much better movie than Singularity. I mean, it's a different it's a different movie, but I think its presentation. You know, I thought with with the exception of one scene in particular, which I'll highlight, I thought the effects were great. Effects are pretty good. They're they're a bit cartoony at times, but they're pretty good. Yeah, but I thought the acting was fantastic. I, it was everything was pretty believable. Yeah, so much yeah. so that when you find out what's happening, like it was a it was genuine shock. I, I, you said you said something out loud, like. I had to rewind, and I was like, what? What was that? <laughs> really? Hey, I was like, hey, honey, did you see this? And she's like, what? I definitely thought this was pretty good. It's a solid 90 minutes. Uh, yeah. I don't think it should have been any longer. I don't think it should have been any shorter. And I think like six or seven minutes of that 90 minutes was credits. We watch a lot of movies that end up with a rating on IMDb in the fives, you know, five point whatever. Mm-hmm. And this movie's no exception. It's rated a 5.8. Really? Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Like if you were going like if you were actually taking the time to write it <laughs> write an IMDb review. <laughs> higher, lower? I'm guessing higher based on what you're saying, but what would you expect this to be at if you wouldn't look when you wouldn't looked it up? I would have thought this thing would have been a six and a half. Okay. We brought up Mythica in our last episode. I think Mythica is a movie that was severely let down by its budget. Yes. If it had a better budget, better effects, better locations, better, like, everything. And I think this movie probably was right about where it needed to be. If it had any more money, it would have been some big Hollywood blockbuster and Will Smith would have ruined it because he would have wanted to change the the script. So, no, I think this movie is probably six and a half, in my opinion. I I would agree. I think it's a strong six, maybe maybe a weak, weak seven. Okay. I wouldn't be upset if it had a seven to seven point two. More than that, I'd be like, eh, you know. But yeah, What's, I would I would agree. Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes has it at a thirty nine percent. Wow, rotten. really? Jeez. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. Man, the internet it wrong on this one. Forty eight percent audience score. Jeez. Yeah, uh, lower than I would expect. And I don't know. I guess we're gonna be some dissenting opinions. I don't know. Um, now, also knowing that most, if not all, critics and people who think they're critics <laughs> uh, are going to be rating this direct to stream movie as if it was released in theaters. If I had paid money to go see it in the theater, I could I could see how I might have a different how I might have a different point of view. Sure. Maybe. I, I don't th- I mean, Rotten Tomatoes gave Singularity a 47% audience score. Ugh. Like, right. would you consider this movie 1% better than Singularity? <laughs> I would call it so. infinite 
yeah percentage um, better because i think one percent over zero percent yeah i'm sorry the internet's wrong on this one feel free to downvote but you guys are yeah. wrong on this one when we say downvote we mean just keep your opinion to yourself yeah uh, <laughs> give me five stars and keep your trap shut uh, so i guess we should go ahead and break down the plot does that sound good for you? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Extinction. We get the opening shot of a building. There's a lot of overhead shots in this beginning, a lot of tracking. Michael Pena is walking around. We hear him talking about our life is always changing. Everything's moving. And this is the part where I said the effects. There's a scene where there's we get a nice wide shot of a building. A woman walks right in front of it, and you can clearly see that she's in front of a green screen. Like her head really digitizes a little bit. And then there's a thing floating in the air. It looks like it has some kind of spotlight on it. And then it opens fire. People are getting shot. And then all of a sudden he wakes up. He's sitting in bed and he's, I guess, you know, if anyone's ever woken up from a terrible nightmare, you know, you're in a cold sweat, you're freaking out, breathing heavy. And his wife's like, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, you know, I'm having these nightmares. And she's like, well, let me tell you about this other nightmare where... A wife pushes her husband out a window because she's not getting any sleep because he keeps her up all night. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I like Lizzie Kaplan. I like her a lot. I didn't even know who she was. I saw her name on the title credits, and then I was like, who's Lizzie Kaplan? And I looked her up. She's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Rad. Yeah, I like like her quite a bit, so. Oh, she was in Cloverfield. Oh, okay. Maybe she can explain how that giant monster snuck up on him the last couple minutes. She was dead long before then. Spoilers (laughs) for Cloverfield. (laughs) Pretty sure she's the the girl that gets, um... Yeah. That bursts. Yeah. (laughs) We got him. We got him, Bleeder. Uh, (laughs) So... He's getting ready for his job, and then his daughter, she's like, hey, I want you to play with me and my monkey, Herman. And he's like, well, I can't play with him right now, but after work, let's go to the pier. And she's like, yeah, that sounds great. And then she says, does Hannah have to come? (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, yeah, your older sister has to come. Perfect little sister thing to say. Well, you are the eldest, and I am the youngest. With my siblings? In, in your family, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can tell you that 100% for a fact that I've had this conversation with my father. That I didn't, I didn't want my older sisters going with me anywhere. So <laughs> I got it. I had the same conversation <laughs> about my little brother and little sister. <laughs> yeah. Can relate, Hannah. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, Lucy. This is Lucy we're talking to. And then his wife, her name is Alice. She's like, you know, hey, we're going to get together to celebrate my promotion. I forgot what my friends look like. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. Then he bails rolls out of their apartment He's a, he bails he goes to work that's just the word i use for leaving no <laughs> that's place. not very clear okay let me rephrase after his wife tells him she wants to hang out with her friends he calmly walks towards the door okay that's better opens it shuts it and then leaves the apartment he gets in an elevator and there's a girl in it and then she says lobby and then the elevator starts moving and he tries to talk to her but she's like not while the elevator is in motion please or something to that effect. Yeah, it's a cute scene. Another guy gets in the elevator, and he's talking to them. He's like, hey, you and Lucy should come over and hang out with Megan tonight. And she's like, yeah, maybe. Peter turns and talks to this girl. Apparently, this is Hannah. His daughter works at the building in the elevator? I think she's playing. I don't know. She's playing. I don't know what's going. She asks him if he wants to go to the lobby, clicks the button. The other yeah. guy asks her, oh, hey, how's the J-O-B? Like, plays yeah. into it. <laughs> and then he goes walking around. And then he arrives at his job. Yeah. He's an engineer of some kind. 
He's plugging in stuff, unplugging stuff. He gets distracted by his hand shaking, and he sees it covered in some viscous liquid, and then it would cut back to something shorting out. I guess his supervisor, his boss, sees it happen and walks over, and he's like, hey, doing all right? You sleeping? And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And he's like, well, you know, I know this clinic. You should go to this clinic. It'll make you feel better. And he's like, man, it was just a mistake. Get off my back, bro. And then immediately after ruining some very expensive equipment, asks his boss for a half day. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then his boss is like, yeah, you can go as long as you call that number. We cut to his wife. She's in a meeting. They have this hollow projector. Yeah, like a holographic table. It was pretty cool. Very Iron Man-esque. Yeah. She's like, yeah, this is our plan. We should get started on renovating these older tunnels. And then her boss walks over and says, hey, man, you did a great job. You make me look good from promoting you. Do you want to work late and talk about it? And then she just says, no, I got this. I was actually going to leave early. And he just goes, cool. Couldn't tell if he was being genuine or not. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, I I wrote down that he doesn't seem like a skis. His words were skis words, but they did not have the skis inflection and attitude about them. When I was a supervisor of people and I had female... I don't want to say underlings, but I had direct reports <laughs> that were women. What? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to be very careful. Like, not only in 2020, at any point, you should be very careful with the way that you talk to your your employees. Yeah. And well, so, this is the near future. Maybe they don't have those types of concerns. I don't know. And actually, thinking about it now, knowing how the, where the movie is going, I, they probably don't have those types of concerns. Maybe. I mean, they have emotions. I, I didn't know. I couldn't tell. So, but I'm also not a woman. I've never had anyone yeah. do that to me. That's fair. <laughs> it was around this point in the movie, I noticed that they are all wearing, everyone is wearing dull colors. I did notice a, a lot of browns. Well, there were reds and greens and yellows, but they're dull. Yeah. No, no one's wearing anything bright or super mm. standout-ish. I did not notice. I assumed it was an artistic decision at first, but I, I guess it still is. Yeah. But yeah, they like he wears a green button up, but it's just a it's I don't that's the only word to describe it is dull. Kid yeah. wears a dull no, red you. shirt. It's very interesting. We cut to Peter, he's in some storage room and he sees uh some kind of jar or container. It's metal. Uh it looks like it's leaking some viscous fluid looking thing. And then he looks over at a a halo light and then it flickers and then he has um a vision or I guess a dream, whatever, uh where he is replacing a light bulb and a light fixture. Now all of a sudden he's in a lobby and we get a big TV screen about, we hear some guy talking about, we don't need to give them rights. They're going to take over humanity. That ends. And then he wakes up on the ground. What did you think they were talking about? I guess originally I thought maybe they were talking about like a, like another race of humans. I don't know. I assumed like alien refugees. Hmm. Kind of, okay. I guess, District 9 style. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought it was like, maybe this is your standard, you know, super conservative waving the, the flag. They took our germs. You That's know? what I thought at first. Uh, like I said, he wakes up. He's face down. He appears to have passed out. He looks at his watch and he just, like, you can just tell the look on his face, his body language, his voice. He's obviously way past the time he was supposed to be home by now. Yeah. He's walking around and he sees a light in the sky and he's like, hey, did you guys see that? And then no one kind of says anything to him. No. Cool. Do you think the light was actually there? He was hallucinating or what? There's a light. We can see it. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe there was a light. He sees a telescope 
he's he stops and he's looking and it, there's a telescope and i think it's like an antique store or something like that or a consignment shop or something and then um we cut to his daughter in their bed and she's upset obviously you know i can relate to this scene you know you're one of your parents promises you something and then they can't deliver because life got in the way when you're a little kid you don't understand the things that your parents have to do <laughs> so you can have a roof over your head yeah but i got this scene like i understood where lucy was coming from you understand both sides of it for sure yeah she's like you know your father loves you he just he had to work late i'm sure that's what it is and then she's painting and i think Alice like is? i yes i'm sorry we cut to alice she's painting they have a fight she's like where were you he's like i'm sorry i passed out and she's like well you need to get help and he says no i can't get help they're just gonna tell me it's in my head and then she's like it is in your head dumb dumb yeah uh, <laughs> like of course it's in your head you fool <sighs> i liked their argument yeah everybody argues in any relationship any any couple argues at some point or another while their voices are raised they're not angry they're both frustrated with the situation and coming at it from very different points of view i guess i appreciated that they were very much adults about it Mm -hmm. they're both upset but they're both working towards a common goal and all of the interactions that peter has with his kids it's an idyllic 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 family I mean, I guess she talks about it in this particular moment. He's been distant. I guess these nightmares are causing him to lose sleep. So he's not the same Peter he was. His relationship with his kids has changed over however long. Like, who knows how long this has been going on. There's a bunch of pictures of them smiling and having fun. Now he's failing on keeping up promises with his kids. So, Well, this latest example of him passing out. When he says, I pass out and had another nightmare and I just because I've been sleeping she's no longer yeah. angry at him for not calling or forgetting or whatever because she knows that he didn't forget he literally had a I mean I guess you would call it a physical ailment they got in the way and now she's sure. upset with him for not getting help yeah no but I'm saying like yeah no one's unreasonable but the kids don't know that oh sure 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 yeah sure sorry I was just just between the no, two I of got, them and then I got what you're saying he has another dream and this time it's what appears to be Hannah and Lucy, they're crying. We see what looks like Alice and Peter's bodies. Hannah stands up and points a gun. And then we're awake. We can hear kids laughing in the background. He goes over to his kids and he's like, he tries to talk to both of them. Hannah just gets up and leaves the room. Lucy's like, yeah, I think Herman's mad at you. So he's got to talk to this (laughs) stupid monkey. I thought it was cute. The way he accommodated it was nice. Yeah. It's like, I'm sorry, you know, I just, I got a lot of stuff going on. Apparently this monkey won't talk anymore, but he fixes it. And he just says, monkey see, monkey do. And then he's like, hey, I'm going to that clinic after work. And then everything looks great. Yeah. We're back on track. Yeah. And uh, what normally happens when things are looking up. (laughs) If my life is anything to look back on and learn from, horrible things are about to happen. Oh, I was going to say things just get better for me. Oh, oh, interesting. (laughs) He arrives at a place called Whole Life. It's a clinic. He's sitting in what appears to be a lobby, and there's a guy next to him, and he's like, what do you see? And he's like, what? What are you talking about? He's like, in your dreams, what do you see? And Peter's like, what? What are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, man, I see stuff. Lights from above. Something's coming. There's lots of people. They don't want us to know that something's coming, but something's coming. Something's going to happen. And (laughs) Peter's like, all right, man, chill, bro. A lady walks down the stairs and calls. This guy's name is Chris. 
Yeah. And she's like, do you want to come through and meet with me? And he's like, yeah. And he stands up and leaves. And Peter looks around and he sees a big painting on the wall. Or I guess it was some kind of screen um, that has like, like a giant abstract black circle with a bunch of lines coming out of it. Straight, diagonal, swirly. He gets up and leaves. Before he leaves, he has another vision of him and a bunch of people that he knows, his boss, his wife. They're holding guns. And yeah. then he leaves. Yeah. And at this point, I'm like, what is happening in this movie? Like, what? Well, we get our first little glimpse that maybe his dreams aren't dreams. Yeah. Because the other guy's having similar visions. Sure. Yeah. He arrives home. She's like, how did it go? He's like, I didn't go. And she, what? <laughs> He's like, maybe I was meant to see these things. What if this is what's going to happen? And she gets mad, obviously, because they have guests coming over. And he's, you know, not doing his husbandly things. Like, you got responsibilities, man. Yeah. Something's happening. You need to fix it. And he's just not. Their friends show up. They're having a nice little party. He's just kind of sitting on the couch being weird. Everyone's had that person at a party where they're just not engaging. They're just kind of sitting around by themselves. I feel personally attacked by everything you just hey, said. Man, look, you do you, boo. I'm just saying, don't go to a party if you're not going to talk to anybody. I'm there for the free food, man. I'm not there for the people. Sure. Peter gets up and he's walking around and he makes eye contact with his wife and kind of shuffles off. And her friends are like, you know, don't worry about him. This is your night. In my head, I was thinking at first, like, maybe they think that he's having an affair because he's cold and distant. And he's acting weird around these people. But I don't know what's happening. Maybe he's doing drugs. Who knows? Anything could be happening. I imagine she's talked to them about his sleep stuff. Yeah. But I don't know. Peter walks outside and he's looking through the telescope that he bought. All of a sudden, everyone's leaving. He has a friend that comes out and he's like, hey, man, last guests are leaving if you want to say bye or hi. <laughs> it kind of calls <laughs> him out. Yeah. yeah, It's the same guy from the elevator. Yeah, it is. Well, I guess it's their downstairs neighbor that Megan is friends with Lucy and Hannah. Megan's his daughter, I guess. He's like, hey, man, Peter, you got to stop looking up. You got to start looking at what's around you. You got to, you know, this is your family. And like right in the middle of this heart to heart, they're trying to have a bright light shines over their faces. And Peter's like, do you see that bright light? And it looks like some kind of something floating off in the distance with the spotlight. And then you see stuff falling through the atmosphere. And then they look up and they see the same thing. And then there's an explosion. And they yeah. don't get hit by the explosion. They get hit by what appears to be a shockwave. Big shockwave. I thought it was just a shockwave. Like an EMP, maybe. Mm, okay. Well, I mean, because we see the little flying thing, like, hover behind a building, and then the shockwave occurs from that point. But, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? This is the alien invasion the blurb's talking about. Kids are crying. Everyone's panicking. All of a sudden, there's an emergency broadcast saying that everyone needs to head to the nearest government facility. Peter gets a really, really good shot. Like, he sees this flying thing, but then it starts shooting at him. <laughs> they're looking around they find lucy she's hiding underneath the table peter tells alice we're gonna go look for hannah and megan they don't find them and he's like oh let's look in the elevator you know because that's where she likes to hang out they open the elevator and there's a dead woman in it and then they call down they like start yelling down into the shaft you know are you there can you hear me and then they hear something back so they crawl into the elevator shaft they open the hatch at the top you know if you've ever seen Speed, um, you know that there's a hatch at the top of every elevator you can pull people yeah. out of. Why speed? There are a thousand movies you could have referenced. Because it's the best oh, okay. out of all those, I all guess. Right. No, I mean, that's Die a... Hard, 
No, no, Die no, no. A good one. no, yeah. no. Those, yeah, you had a, a appropriate answer. Pop quiz, hot shot. Oh no. <laughs> so they get the kids out of the elevator. They look over at the elevator doors, and there's dents in it that are actively being made, like something or someone's trying to break through these doors. We cut back to Alice and Lucy in the apartment. They're hiding under the table. The light appears to shine over them, but they don't move. And so it moves away, like it stops looking for them. So I guess this is a flying T-Rex. Um, <laughs> if, yeah. if you don't move, it can't see it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't. I didn't even get this guy's name, but the family friend and Peter and the girls, are they're in the stairs. They see some movements and they see something like go into a door. And Peter's like, oh, I'm going to go check it out. Uh, he kind of goes down the flight, opens the door, and then there's gunshots, screaming. And, and the subtitles just says chirping. I think that's a good... Is that the appropriate noise? I think it's the appropriate Probably. noise. Yeah. Is that a portmanteau? Portmanteau? Is that what that's called? I don't... No, that's an onomatopoeia, right? An onomatopoeia is like a, a word that is the sound that you're describing. So like I don't... Chirp. I don't... Chirp, no, chirp, I don't chirp, think chirp, chirp is an... I don't think that's... You're just trying to get me to try to say that, and I can't, so. What? I'm not a whatever. (laughs) O-N-O. Anyways, he he sees something moving. It's kind of coming towards him, and so he rushes back up the stairs. He's like, we got to get out of here. They arrive back in their apartment. Sam, that's his name, Sam. Sam, his wife, whose name I don't remember, and Megan were going to go downstairs to their place since they live on the lower floor. Peter and Alice, she's like, is this what's happening in your dream? He's like, I don't know. Maybe we should go to the factory because there's a bunker underneath. There's a like a huge storage facility. We'll be safe there. They hear some more gunshots and screaming. And then uh, Alice is like, they should be here by now. So they proceed to barricade the door. Yeah. Alice ushers Lucy and Hannah into a closet. And she's like, well, no matter what happens, don't come out of this room. So they've barricaded the door. Then there's some thumping and the stuff kind of starts to give way. And then Lucy... <sighs> Lucy, 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 Lucy. <laughs> As they're putting all the kids away in the little closet, there's a shot of the toy monkey under the dining room table. Herman. Herman, yeah. yes. I 100% believe that Herman was going to get somebody killed. <laughs> he tried his best. He betrayed the family, yeah. for sure. Nice job, Herman. Lucy goes looking for Herman. Dumb. Eventually, the thudding stops, and they shoot through the door, whoever's on the other side of it. I thought, actually, that Lucy was going to get shot. Like that's what I thought with mm, the yeah what they were doing because she runs out and picks up Herman. Same. And then we look through the like after the gunshots we look around and we don't see Lucy. And then all of a sudden we get what appears to be a blade piercing through the wall. Yeah, it's cool looking. They immediately give up on barricading the door. They're like, nope, they're cutting through the wall. <laughs> we should barricade the wall. <laughs> let's Quick, move uh, everything let's get out. The <laughs> this whole thing was a bad idea to begin with barricading what? yourself in an apartment with only one entrance as people are going floor by floor and presumably murdering everyone they're panicking yeah no no <laughs> i'm not it's i'm not it's the fight or flight you know yeah and they chose neither yeah you which actually kind of makes sense <laughs> whoever or whatever this is has gotten through the wall lucy is now alone hiding under the table apparently the table is her security blanket and she squeezes herman and herman's monkey say monkey do uh, and I wrote down here, kids are so stupid. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Whatever it is, yeah. or whoever it is, stops. Because they're moving around the apartment. After the noise, they kind of stop and they look back. Like You can see them shift towards the table and they go under it. And it just looks at Lucy. Doesn't hurt her, doesn't shoot her, doesn't stab her. He just kind of 
looks at her. Yeah, kind of reaches out to touch her. Yeah, as he's doing this, Peter shows up and there's a tussle. He manages to wrestle its gun away, tries to shoot it, but it won't fire. The alien, I guess is what we're going to call it from now on, grabs the, they, there's a struggle for the gun. It's a bayonet that they slide off. Yeah, that, that was, was stabbing awesome. through the wall. Yeah, Caught me off guard. He's about to just dig this knife straight into Peter's neck when Alice shows up with a pipe or some yeah, kind some of big sort stick. Of, yeah. And just it was clubs Alice this dude. in the living room with the lead pipe. <laughs> with the pipe. And she doesn't stop. Yeah, she whacks it a few times. And then it's down. She whacks it some more. Enough to crack the helmet. We should talk about when this thing was looking at Lucy, you could see Lucy's reflection in this visor or this helmet or this whatever this was and now it's cracked and they leave it on the ground and they grab everyone and then they go upstairs yeah so this is our first real good look at we get better looks later but this is our first good look at whatever these assailants are their armor definitely looks like an exoskeleton to me anyways combined with the chirping i was expecting an insect or insect related I don't know. No, aliens. I would, I gotcha. I'm still thinking they're aliens at this point. Yeah. They've got like what appears to be like a big backpack. Uh, and they have these glowing yellow circles, orbs on them. They, they look alien. Like, like, whoa, what's going on here? Very. Yeah. Re- they reach the top of the stairs um, in the emergency staircase, I guess. And Peter, he's going to scout ahead. He opens the door on the roof. He looks to his left. And he, since he can't fire the gun, he decides to turn it into a club. So he's holding it above his head like a baseball bat. Yeah. He goes left. He doesn't see anything. He goes right. And then a uh, fire extinguisher swings around and almost brains this dude. Actually wrote here that this isn't the WWE. You can actually hurt someone with a fire extinguisher. Well, I think that was his goal. Sure. I mean. Well, he didn't know it was Peter. Yeah. It's uh, Sam, their friend from earlier. Everyone gets on the roof. They're looking around and seeing the city and flames and destruction. And they look over and see a bunch of other people on a rooftop they've got flashlights and they're shining them around and then we see something jump away from the building and then shoot a missile or a rocket or something at them and blow them all up yeah murdered a whole bunch of people something that looks very similar is also on their building and they cower and hide behind the i don't even know what that's called but like the the half-rised waist-high section to prevent people from just walking directly off a roof i don't know what that's called a barrier yeah but it's probably got like an official term that i'm just not familiar with but anyways they hide behind it this highly sophisticated machine can't i guess see over a 90 degree angle so it flies away and then they're like oh we need to get off this roof we can't go downstairs because that people are getting killed in here they look over and see a painter's lift or a window cleaning lift i don't know what this exactly is called a lift of some kind yeah they're gonna get on it i should point out that when they were on the stairs I saw a sign that said 26th floor. So they're going to try to go down 26 or more floors in a painter's or window cleaner lift. Better than going through the building. Sure. Yeah. No, it's just a, this is pure desperation at this point is what we're dealing with. This thing is old or it's not designed for their weight and it just starts giving away yeah. or giving way, I should say. Everyone gets off the lift into a room like i guess it's got a busted out window so they managed to get in back inside the building the lift falls and crashes spectacularly we cut back to peter and alice's apartment whatever it is that attacked him wakes up he like sits up we see the cracks on the helmet and it looks at its wrist and we see its weapon its gun 
and apparently it can track its weapon. Like it realizes yeah. that Peter has taken its gun from them, and it, I guess it wants it back. This is a really cool, because it's not like a hologram coming out of his wrist, but instead of just being a hologram, it also shoots out mist for the hologram to re- reflect or refract, whatever is the yeah. appropriate term off of, which we don't really see. Normally you just see some, the light just stops right here. We saw it earlier at Alice's job with holograms mm-hmm. just on the, in the table. Kind of cool to see. This yeah. is just a little bit of a different approach. It made more sense to me that it would work that way. It also made it look more alien. Very good choice. I mean, we assume it's a hologram, but how do we know it's not just the mist forming into whatever, uh, like, well, you whatever. You can see light, I display. think, shining on the mist. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, maybe that's the way that this these people do holograms. Like, yeah. is it out it's of cool. necessity or is it by design? Oh. It's a good question. Yeah. Well, no, I just I just thought it looked cool. I wasn't actually questioning it, but yeah. yeah. I'll leave you to ponder that. We cut back to Peter. He's trying to take apart this gun. He's swung out like a portion of the handle and there's like a bunch of circuitry and i guess he's trying to figure out how to use it and she's like in your visions did you see us dead or did you see the girls and he kind of just he has a little montage of all the visions so far and he doesn't say anything he just kind of stares around and sam's like we got to get out of here and peter reiterates he's like we can go to my factory they're like well how far away is it apparently it's pretty far they don't think they can make it on foot they look down and see people getting shot in the streets. Alice is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why don't we take the tunnels? Yeah. We can go underground and go right to it. And they're like, yeah, that's a great idea. Sam, I have here that Sam stupidly stood up and gets blown away because he stands up right in front of a window and then there's an explosion. And apparently old Sam didn't make it because we never see him again. No, part of the building didn't make it. Yeah. Megan, his daughter, runs over. She's like, daddy, daddy. And then the building gives way and she falls. And then her mom, Sam's wife, catches her. And But as she catches her, they look up and there's this floating thing. And it just guns them down, like right in front of everybody. I, I have it down here. Dang, what a way to go. Jeez. Yeah, Whew. do that. Right in front of all your friends. That whole family, gone in yeah. a matter of moments. Yeah, this is war, bro. Well, it's <laughs> genocide at this point. It's not even a war, man. So Peter, Alice, Hannah, and Lucy, they, they head downstairs and make it, I guess, into a, a hallway. These aliens start shooting at them in the hallway, and it's crowded. They can't really move, so they kind of hide in like into an alcove. And he, while they're getting shot at, tries to fix the gun, and he looks down and sees like a piece of wire or something. Yeah, and the debris. Yeah, and he grabs it shorts out something or maybe bypasses something and all of a sudden the gun's usable and then he shoots down two of these things and then he turns around there's another one he shoots at it kills him yeah he's pretty pretty good at that yeah he's proficient in the murder (laughs) yeah self-defense now come on easy easy so they're moving around on the ground floor they get outside they see um uh, these aliens drag a man out of a building and then they throw him on the ground and then stab him repeatedly and then several armed men show up and kill these alien looking things and then they get gunned down by an airship small arms against armored vehicles equals not good yeah they had a valiant effort and there they have like what appear to be like pump action shotguns maybe some basic assault rifles hunting rifles yeah yeah they're like some of them are wearing what appear to be bulletproof vests you know it's just they're an organized resistance and they just don't make it we cut back to the hallway where Peter managed to kill some of these things. And uh, apparently it's the same one from earlier. It looks down and it kind of surveys the damage. And then uh, they get to an entrance of the tunnels. You barely see anything. He manages to open up 
like a vent or a grate of some kind. He calls Hannah over. Hannah goes down the stair, like the ladder very quickly and efficiently. And then they call Lucy over and she just kind of hangs out in the middle of the street when she sees one of these flying ships. Freezes in place. Yeah. They they, <sighs> they shouldn't have let her go by herself. No. they Alice should have just grabbed her by the hand and they should have just taken off running. Or just picked her up. Yeah. Whatever. They barely make it in the tunnels. This thing shoots at them. There's an explosion. They, I guess, come to and Alice appears to be wounded. She's got a like some kind of gash in the, her left abdomen area and it's yeah. bleeding. Yeah. Whose fault see... is that? <laughs> Thanks, Luce. <laughs> we see some more dead bodies. It's the original thing that Peter and Alice fought. He pulls out its little hologram thing and it sees the gun and then it sees it moving around in a tunnel system. Uh-oh. <laughs> like, mm. this isn't good. We cut back to Peter, Alice, Lucy, and Hannah. They're trying to make their way to the factory. They come to a junction, and they head north. And Alice is like, did you see anything like this? And he just doesn't respond. And then she's like, you have to promise me that you'll protect these kids. Like, if anything happens to me, you got to promise me. And while this conversation is happening, we get constant shots of Lucy looking fairly distraught. I think whoever this actress was did a really good job of conveying guilt yeah. Because she's the reason why mom's hurt, you know? I think overall, I mean, you never know what it's going to be like when you have children as main characters. I think both the kids did really well. Both of the, the actors, actresses, what have you. Yeah. I think Hannah does a really good job in this movie throughout all parts of it because she starts out she starts out kind of stiff, like uninterested in what's in the goings on. Well, yeah, she's a preteen or yeah. she's 12 to 14, somewhere in there. So, yeah. As the movie progresses, she going through the kind of the stages of grief she's panicking she's she cries a lot more yeah no i think i think hannah did a really good job but i I really think in this scene in particular lucy nailed it yeah i could i could could agree can agree erica tremblay t-r-e-m-b-l-a-y tremblay tremblay great job erica yeah maybe she's got a future i don't know they stop for a second alice late they lay her against a pipe and they're like, yeah, let's take a quick break. Your mom's got to recover her strength. And while they're looking at Alice, a thing appears behind them. I couldn't tell at first if this was the same one, but I, I just eventually assumed it was. But this is the same one from their apartment. It gets the jump on Peter. There's a nice little scuffle. And during the fight, he grabs a rock or a brick or like a piece of concrete and yeah. smashes into this thing's helmet. Yeah, the world's oldest weapon, the nearest <laughs> rock and or stick. I thought it, I thought it was a bone, up. right? Like a, No. How do uh, you how do you get the bone without killing something with no, a rock in, or stick first? In uh what's that movie? 2001: A Space Odyssey where the ape grabs a he grabs like a bone, right? Yeah. Anyways, I've never I'm sorry. Sure. I've never seen it. Oh, we're going to cut uh, that out. Wow. I do wow, remember wow, the wow 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 the wow wow. Early early man in transformers beast wars they picked up a tree club after they were taught how to use weapons by the cybertronians Mm. so that's the history i choose to believe in okay fair enough you know just disown your dungeons and dragons past but you just drop in the beast wars knowledge in the middle of the spot okay (laughs) sure let's go with that peter manages to grab the gun after he's disarmed and disoriented this thing and he's like why do you want to hurt my family who are you It reaches up and has its hands open and then removes its helmet or mask. And it's a human or something that looks looks human. human. Yeah. You know, what the heck? What's going on? He's like, who are you? And he just doesn't say anything. He just 
stares at Peter. It appears to be a human male. Looks at Alice and looks at Peter and looks at Alice. And then Alice kind of just, she grunts or she makes some kind of noise. And Peter walks over there like he's going to try to pick her up. But it realizes that he can't hold the gun on this thing and carry Alice. So he orders it to pick Alice up and move it. Yeah. Well, move her. How dare you? Well, I, I mean, like move, like move it, like move out. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Good cover you know. for your sexism there. Carry on. Look, man, I, I like to move it, move it. Uh, I have down here, like, are these the things that they were talking about on the TV earlier? You know, when they said that they'll take over humanity. It's not about giving them rights. I was like, what the, are these it? Like, what's going on here? We get a bigger shot of the destruction. We kind of see like an open courtyard there on one side. And then we see the city towers on fire. Peter bangs on a, a big metal door and it doesn't open. He kind of looks upset and he's getting ready to leave. And all of a sudden the door opens and a bunch of armed People kind of rush out, and his boss, David, is there. They throw Alice on a gurney, and then they punch the alien thing, human person. Yeah, yeah. Hannah's like, oh my god, they're coming. And then we like cut back to the big wide shot, and there's a bunch of lights heading towards them. So they grab everyone. Everyone goes inside, and the door shuts. This is where like you start to realize everything is not as it seems. Oh, this is when elevator. you start thinking that. Well, I mean, because who knows at this point, right? Sure. there. I mean, anything could be going on. Yeah. I then, still fully believe that this dude is an alien of some sort. Or maybe he's sure. from an alternate reality. Basically anything yeah. but what actually is happening. Yeah. They're shocking Alice. Like someone has stuck something into her wound and you see lightning. Peter's freaking out. You know, they're shocking his wife. And he's like, what? He's like hey, hey, what are you doing? And they're like, hey, man, it's cool. It's a diagnostic. And I was like, yeah. In my head, as I was typing this, I was like, only computers have diagnostics. <laughs> well, you <laughs> like, get diagnosed with a... No, 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 no. But to use the term diagnostic... Did they actually use that term? I, I don't they remember say, the exact... They say, it's all right, it's a diagnostic. When you say it like it's a noun, you use it almost always in a sense with computers and technology. Looking back at it, this should have been our clue, but I thought they were referring to the tool itself. Like, it is a diagnostic tool. I don't know. Well, yeah. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying when they said it's a diagnostic, as I'm typing, I'm, I'm thinking in my head, that is a term used only for computers. That's all that I thought. Oh, okay. Like, I thought it was weird that they would say it. Ah, I thought it fit. And then David says, no, this is okay. This has been happening for a long time. Right now, you need to focus on your family. We've been stockpiling weapons in the storage facility and then... They look around and there's no weapons. He's like, where are they? He's like, oh, well, we sent them ahead. I'm like, well, <laughs> it does us a lot of good when <laughs> there's no weapons where we need them. One of them says her system is damaged beyond repair. We can't repair her. And I wrote down what in big question marks. Man, I guess this when this went by so quickly, I just didn't. I mean, I remember them saying these things, but it didn't stand out to me. And he makes notes. I just kind of watch it and then talk about it later. So I didn't catch this in a more casual Gotcha. Viewing, I guess. They drag the human alien man person away and he's calling out to Peter. He's like, I can help you. I learned all about your people. There's kind of a quick discussion. The invaders are coming. The roof. There's some cracks. You see like dust fall. David's like, we're going to move everyone out. You can stay here with her if you want. But, you know, we, we need to get everyone out of here. And so Peter sends his kids with the group of refugees, I guess is what they are. They run down a red hallway. I thought that I thought this was cool. I don't know if there was any symbolism with this red hallway or not, but I thought it was a cool artistic choice. Peter and this alien human person thing 
pull Alice on the gurney into like a storage room. And while they're doing that, a couple of the people that were with them that had guns and said, we'll cover you as long as we can. And then this alien invader stabs Alice in that wound. Peter's like, hey, hey, man, be cool. And then he starts pulling her apart from the wound and like picks off like a huge portion of her skin or her body yeah there's like some lights underneath some kind of it looks like movement but it's i don't want to use the term ethereal but it's like a glow and peter's like whoa hey what's that i think ethereal would be a good word for it this guy the human invader alien thing kind of looking person is like you really don't know do you at this point i realized what's going on and then we yeah Peter's he's in shock like he starts shaking his head he's like there's no way what is what is happening and then he says to Peter I need an alternative source of power and then he points to him he says I'm talking about you so he points the gun at the guy alien person and then he sits down in a chair and he's like show me what I need to do or tell me what I need to do and we get a real I really like this scene oh fantastic he sits in a chair He pulls the knife and just jams it into his chest and he like grunts in pain for a second. And then the camera starts twisting, like rotating. He realizes that he's not in any real pain. Like we never see him in any pain again. And he makes a big eye incision on his chest and he pulls his, I guess what you would consider the the (laughs) breast area apart. Yeah, he pulls it like left and right. I love that (laughs) you you call that eye shaped because... He was told to do a sideways H. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't catch that. Yeah, no, he I says didn't make a sideways that. H, six six inches across the top. And I thought, well, a sideways H and an I would be two different shapes, right? Your long and your shorts yeah. would be different. But no, he definitely sure. does an I. Uh, <laughs> yeah, buddy. You just see Michael Pena go sideways H, huh? <laughs> sure. I'll show you a sideways show you H, a you sideways son H. of a gun. <laughs> <laughs> so he pulls these flaps and like you see what would be lungs, but they're more of the glowy, ethereal. Like yeah. you see like what, what looks like electrodes. There's small metal discs on the lungs. And this is all like, oh, oh, he's a robot. Yeah, straight up Android. Oh my, oh my God, they're all there. robots. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Not expecting that at all. Yeah, this is the big reveal that we're talking about at the beginning, where at this point, but we, we still don't know exactly what's going on with why this these people are attacking. He walks over to Peter. He takes the gun off his lap and hooks up a giant wire to Alice. And then, or no, I'm sorry, he connects a wire to Peter. And he says, right before he does it, he says, you know, if this doesn't work, the current could split and you could both die. And Peter's just like, do it. Yeah. And then he does it. Awesome. He connects it. Yeah. There's a I, flash. It's pretty impressive. I mean, did you expect the guy to just turn on them? Um, I kept waiting. No. For, uh, for, no? No. I kept suspecting it. And we'll talk about why uh, here in a second. But no, I, I at no point thought he was going to betray them. He has a look on his face. He almost It's almost like a sneer. We get a shot of his face for a second where I thought he was going to do it. Because that's when he's walking over, but then he turns and grabs the cable or the wire. Well, we get a flash. We go back to Peter installing the fluorescent light in the light fixture. And then the news broadcast that we originally heard about was essentially, a, I guess, a debate between two talking heads about synths. And yeah. a man is arguing against and a woman is arguing for. And he's like, 
he says they don't have rights they're not humans and she's like well we should give them rights and he's and then the uh, the guy says the late great stephen hawking said ai will be the downfall of mankind because once they realize that we designed them to serve the we designed them to serve us they won't want to do that anymore then they talk about a synth harm to human the woman says well you know it was in it was attacked by a group of humans. It was in fearful. It was in self-defense. He says, fear is an emotion. They're developing emotions. We have to round them all up and shut them down. From the point of view of our main characters, the guy's on a 24-hour news channel advocating genocide and being taken seriously. Well, do we want to have the sentient versus non-sentient sentient argument now, or do you want to win? Oh, well, no, I'm, I'm saying purely, <laughs> we can have that argument later, but from the point of view of sure. our main characters, right. he's well, advocating I mean, genocide. He's a robot, you know, you get shut down. You don't die, you just get turned off. Same difference. We'll have this argument later. We see Peter in, I guess, the second floor of this building. He sees Alice walking across from them, and some lady bumps into her, and she's like, Stupid synth, watch where you're going. (laughs) Yeah. He bends over and picks up whatever it was that was knocked over. She's like, Why'd you do that? And he says, I don't know. And then we have a, what looks to be, appears to be an anti synth rally. And then Alice, you know, she's scared. They hold hands. We get another shot of his original vision from the beginning of the movie where he's running down a hallway and there's explosions and gunshots and he hides in a room and Alice is there and some soldiers come in and he disarms one and kills some more and then punches a dude's face in like, geez. And this is the shot where he looks down at his hand and it's shaking and it's covered with blood. And then he's like, we got to defend ourselves. So he picks up guns and starts handing them to the other synths. We cut back to the present. He's going through all of his previous dreams, visions, yeah. what we thought were premonitions, and, and establishing that they're actually memories that he had somehow forgotten. But we're getting like more context. Yes. We originally just saw a few seconds of these flashbacks, but we didn't know they were flashbacks. This person, the alien, male, human-looking invader guy, connects Peter to Alice, and then he starts repairing them. We cut back to the past, or more memories. There was a, a fight, a battle for Earth. We hear a loudspeaker repeating, this is a mandatory evacuation, or mandatory off-planet evacuation. Yeah, we get to see the ships taking off, and then we see David. He said, never trust a human to let things be. And then he said, some of us are going to have to stay ready. So yeah, so that's why David and that other, in the group of synths, I guess is what we, what we should be calling them now, were totally, I wouldn't say they were calm, but they were totally understanding. That's where, you know, her system is damaged beyond repair. It's just a diagnostic. We figure like, okay, now there's synths. Peter and Alice are about to leave. You know, what do they do now? And they see the girls. Hannah has a hole in her head or part of her face torn off. And she pulls a gun on Peter. And he's like, hey, 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 I'm a synth too. I'm just like you. He asks if they were alone. And they said they shot mommy and daddy because they were human. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And there's a... Yeah. I There's was, a lot of tragedy yeah, in this movie. That, yeah, that one scene, just that little bit right there is is a lot. It's yeah. heavy. There's a lot of tragedy in this movie that takes place in side stories. And it's very quick and it hits really, really hard. Because we don't find anything else about this situation. Because the scene immediately ends. These people either couldn't have children or wanted children so bad that they bought synths so they could have kids. Yeah. And for that 
they were gunned down by other synths. They were just killing all humans. Right. Regardless, they were <laughs> they were bendering everything. <laughs> there was no qualification. Yeah. So if you're living, breathing, born onto this earth human, you got to go, I guess. We get a cut to what appears to be whole life, the clinic from earlier. Peter is on some kind of chair or a table and he's, he's being raised. He looks at the image that he saw earlier, the big black thing. The synths are getting their memories wiped. Yeah. You know, they're like, you can forget what you had to do. And now apparently they're a family and they're walking around. They go to their old apartment or go to what is their apartment together. I guess it was Christmas. There's a Christmas tree. Lucy pulls Herman out of a box and squeezes him. And he says, monkey see, monkey do. And then Peter finally wakes up and he sees there's a cable that's connected him to Alice. As we eventually just come to realize that this guy, he is a human. He's not an alien. He is an extraterrestrial because he's off planet. Yeah, he's never been to Earth before. They have a, I don't want to even consider it a heart to heart, but they just have a conversation. He's like, hey, man, you tried to wipe us out. And then Peter says, yeah, you know, they tried to wipe our memories. We tried to forget. And the human, he laughs and he says, well, humans don't have the luxury of forgetting. Yeah. You know, we could, we couldn't just have our memories wiped. And then he says, why didn't you kill me when you had the chance? And he says, this isn't my war. I'm just fighting it. You ran my grandparents, was it? Yeah, grandparents. You ran my grandparents off this planet. We've been living on Mars for 50 years. During this sequence is when we actually show Peter and their family taking over the apartment. And he says, uh, I was told that synths were monsters. I only heard one side of the story. I didn't co- I didn't sign up for this war to kill kids and families. Yeah. It's a real interesting moment. It's a morality play, right? It's what, we, it's what we're getting here. Even in war, just because you're fighting each other on in opposition doesn't mean you can't have humanity, right? Right. And Peter showed that. Yeah, Peter and Alice and their kids proved to him, at least, the one the one soldier, that they were human in the way that it counted, I guess. Well, yeah, because when he has the chance to kill this guy, uh, his name is Miles. Yeah. When he's pointing the gun at him when they're in the tunnel, like he has the chance to kill him. And then right. he forces him to save his wife. That, show, like, that shows to this guy that... These synths just aren't heartless killing machines. Like they've got a, there's something. There's, there's something, something going there. on there. Yeah. He realizes he's been fed propaganda. Yeah. And that there's two sides to every story. Alice wakes up. She's like, I saw everything. These weren't visions. This was the past. These were our memories. And he's like, I know, I know, I know. We cut to the civilians exiting this red hallway. And now they're in a subway station. And there's like, you can see anti-synth propaganda on the walls. They make it to a subway train and two guys are like, we got to go soon. This is the last train out. As soon as David arrives, we're out of here. Lucy won't leave. She's like, dad promises he would be here. And she runs away and like, hi, like, man, she just tries to ruin everything consistently. Yeah. <laughs> she grabs this pole and she won't leave. And Hannah doesn't know what to do. She's scared. It's understandable. Like just because they're robots, <laughs> they have emotions. We cut back to the factory. The roof is collapsed. There's a firefight. The human says, you know, you guys got to get out of here. I'll lie to my, I'll lie to them and tell them that, you know, I was alone, but you have to leave now. And Peter hands him the Swiss army knife or whatever this thing is. And he says, no, it wasn't mine to begin with. (laughs) Which I thought, I, I chuckled when he said that. I thought that was pretty interesting. Peter and Alice are running out of this room in right into the middle of the firefight. There's a breach in the wall. More humans are piling into this room. 
I actually really liked this action sequence. I thought the action cam was great. Some of the explosions or the uh, some of the tracer rounds, I guess you'd call them, do come across a little cartoony, but forgivable. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know what this movie's budget is because it's not on Wikipedia. Is it not? Yeah. I have no idea how much it costs to make this movie. So, yeah, I mean, you got to kind of forgive the CGI for what it's worth. They probably spent most of their money on looking at the alien stuff inside of their bodies. (laughs) Fair enough. But, yeah, I think it's a great action sequence. We cut to David staring down the red hallway, and then we cut back to Alice. She picks up a gun. She's like, I'll cover you, and he picks up that stupid monkey Herman. Jeez. Peter and Alice make a run for it. They manage to get to the red hallway after killing some more humans murderers david is about to lock the door and he sees hannah and lucy and he's like we gotta go and she's like where are our parents and then he he locks the door and then he unlocks it one of the girls asks him well how are they supposed to get get in in?" yeah yeah he grabs hannah and lucy and they make a run for the train while alice and peter are in the long red hallway they the humans breach it they're shooting they make it through into the subway station they see the train taking off they run after it it kind of stops hannah and lucy (laughs) oh man yeah this is i think this is the dumbest part where hannah and lucy run out towards their parents and they stop and have a nice big family hug i yelled at my television (laughs) like get on the train yeah what are you stop hugging (laughs) stop hugging and run they make it onto the train as they're getting shot at i didn't know what it was at first but there's something like attached to the subway car I thought it was an engine. Yeah, me too. I thought it was an engine of some sort. As it turns out, it is a... Like a turret. Yeah, it's a turret that opens fire on the the humans and just guns them down. Like, geez, what a way to go. Yeah. Peter's with his family and he looks at David and then he kind of gets up and goes and talks to him and he's like, so you remember now, huh? You, uh, so I guess you didn't catch it. David runs out after Hannah and Lucy and shooting his his pistol at the humans as they're coming down, right? As they're being chased. Mm Mm-hmm. They all have ridiculous amounts of plot armor in this scene. Mm. They should have all gotten mowed down. There were a lot more, I guess, bad guys, humans, than there were his family. They're outnumbered. But yeah. so David is is practicing trigger discipline in an extreme way, so much so that he is moving the gun as if it's being fired. And of course, the effects are going off, but his finger is not on the trigger at oh, all. Oh, no. Ah, no, you're nicking that up. I rewound it and said, what? You can see it best in the last few shots he lets out as he's standing on the subway, like in the subway train, and he's shooting outside the door. His finger's on the side of the gun, and the gun is moving up, and it's firing or whatever. Uh, (laughs) But he is... (laughs) Oh, man. Come on, Dave. Yeah. Come on, Dave. Did you just watch it? I just saw it. I just watched (laughs) it, yeah. Go on, get it together, David. What's this guy's name in real life? When you watch Mike it, it looks Coulter. like he's moving. His, like I don't see the CGI moving his his hand. If it oh, if it like, is, then it's it's really well done. That's Luke Cage. Yeah, fair enough. You know, good old Mike Coulter. Uh, sorry. So yeah, that's no, just, all right. It's, it was ridiculous. It's, this whole scene, it was worth the, the whole little sequence. Kind of the interruption killed yep. <laughs> everything that was happening because it was like, why are you stopping these? bullets are going everywhere but where you are you're not even touching the trigger on this handgun what is happening <laughs> like it just whole scene was just i don't know if I, it was rushed or what you gotta, you gotta write a letter to your senator about this i one, would man. i you know i'll have uh, to look up 
my senator. <laughs> Ted Cruz, man. Yeah. Uh, so Peter and David are talking, and then uh, David asks him if he remembers, and he's Peter's like, yeah, I do now. And then David said, some of us retained our memory because we knew that the humans would be back, but we wiped your guys' memories so you would not have to live without, you wouldn't have to live with the guilt of what you did so you could live without fear. And then he says, be ready because we're going to go to our underground base and then we're going to take back our home. Well, it wasn't yours to begin with, so chill, bro. Peter goes and sits with his family. Hannah kind of comes around and hugs his arm and then they have a nice little family moment. And then Alice, or no, no, I'm sorry. He says, I thought I lost you. Then she says, sorry, I didn't believe you. All of a sudden, the subway car or the train is no longer inside. They are outside. We get a nice shot of the city appears to be in ruins. As they come out of the tunnel, it collapses on that side of the, on the outside. At first, I thought they were being attacked. And then we kind of pan out and the, the actual train tracks are being lowered into the ground. I have down here that they did this to hide their tracks. Get it? Yeah. No. Get I it? Don't, I don't get it. Get it? No. They're hiding their their tracks they're, that just happen to be tracks. tracks. Oh. <laughs> and then they kind of go into, not a mountain, but like an outcropping of earth. And then it collapses. Yeah. So they've effectively hidden themselves. And then uh, that's the end of the movie. I did not watch the credits all the way on this one. Did you? Did anything happen during those I credits? I didn't see anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's solid. I liked it quite a bit. What is up with media calling androids and robots synths or synthetic? I mean, I get that the word is accurate, but wouldn't, aren't these people androids or gynoids or whichever? Um, well, I'll go ahead and say that I did like this movie. Yeah. Yeah, just get it out of the way. I think we kind of established that an hour ago. It's one of those things where it's um, it's just a phrase to, I don't want to, I can't use the term dehumanize, but it's essentially what it's yeah. for. You find a word that's accurate, and then you use that word, and then that's the only one that you use to like maintain the distance. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I guess that's the point. But you call them synths because it's an, uh, an abbreviated word to describe something. Synth. Right, but so we we kind of already mentioned Picard. They call him synths on there as well, but they yeah. never call data. As far as I can remember, they never called data a synth. They call him an android because well, that's what he, he is. Because he was one of one, right? But he's no, no. So you don't. I guess the argument I'm making, or the question I'm asking, is if you call it a synthetic life form, I would assume that there are other versions of it somewhere that are not androids just other AI or robots of some sort. I'm kind of nitpicking a little bit, I know, but an android is a synthetic life form made to look like a human. That's the definition. I think technically it's male. Mm-hmm. But these, so these people are androids. I'm not really asking from an in-universe perspective. I just noticed that media oh. seems to be shying away from using, well, they seem to just be using the term synth. Well, I mean, that's, um, what's his face's fault? Philip K. Dick. Who is that? He, the guy who wrote the novel Do Androids Dream of Electric Sleep, Electric Sleep, which became the basis mm. for the movie Blade Runner, right. in which the term synth was first used. Well, I, I don't want to say that synth was first used, but it became like popular, popularized by. Right. But that's a long time ago. I, OK, it's I think, fine. I'm I just asking because I get a different connotation when someone says synth, synth versus an android versus an A.I., 
But I you're mean, not I think wrong. It's just... Synth is does maybe feel more dehumanizing. If you read the Wikipedia, it does say Android workers, and then in quotate in like parentheses next to it, it says synths. Right. Right. Because they are androids, but they're never called that in the movie. And if you look at the Wikipedia entry for Blade Runner, in which synthetic humans known as replicants, you know what I mean? So I think the only way to answer this question is to answer it in universe in terms of the way that people who write books or they write scripts or whatever. Usually when you have synthetic humans, when you use the term synth, you're actually describing two different sides of the conflict. The reason why Data was called an android in Star Trek is because he was never a villain. I mean, for the most part, who existed as a member of the crew. And it was never a situation where... I mean, there were situations in which Data became the villain for certain episodes. But for the most part, like he's always on the side of the heroes. But sure. in Blade Runner, in this movie, you use the term synth because... There's a difference between an organic and a synthetic humanoid. Sure. So what you're saying is I that think it's, that's it's the answer attempt, to the question. It's an attempt to dehumanize. Yeah. Because you can't say in this movie, the synths or the androids, like they never say organic human. They just say humans, you know, and the yeah. humans only ever say synths because they are describing uh, the opposition. Now, whether that's accurate, appropriate, or even necessarily needed. I think that's the answer to the question. Why do they do that? And I think that's the reason why. Okay. So. All right. But I guess we can go ahead and have the discussion. I think we might fall on different sides of this. Sure. So uh, I will let you go first. Which discussion? Are synthetic humans real people? Do they have sentience? Like, should they be treated the same as humans? Or non, or should synthetic life be treated the same as organic life? Define life. <laughs> Uh, do you feel bad for these people? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and so in the context of this universe, this movie, yeah, I think there are people. Yeah, I do feel bad for them. While they might not be human, doesn't make them any less worthy of rights that you would give to a human. They are alive. They might not have started that way, but at least at the time of the movie, they definitely are. Okay. In real life, there's nothing even close to that, so it doesn't matter. Right. It's a mute topic or point of discussion because... It'll probably never happen. And if it does happen, it'll be well after our lifetimes. It'll be our grandchildren's war. Yeah. We'll only know about <laughs> it if time travel is the solution. I disagree. Yeah. And the reason why I disagree is the same reason why I disagree with the... Uh, you brought up Mass Effect earlier. Right. In this movie and in Mass Effect, there's, a, there's a, a story in which a group of aliens known as the Quarians create synthetic life. They create artificial intelligence platforms that move around have arms legs a head that eventually gain what you would consider sentience yeah i think the in the mass effect story one of them one day looks at their master and says why do i exist or why am i here what's my purpose something along those lines yeah in the mass effect world in that story the quarians realizing what they've done they start a war well, they immediately start trying to wipe them out because they realize what's yeah. happening. And I mean, that's the same thing that happens in this movie. More or less, yeah. They don't really expound on it, but I think what actually happens, because according to the Wikipedia, the military attacks a group of unarmed synths. So I guess these synths live in their own city. You know what I mean? Like they have their own little cordoned off part of the world away from humans. 
and then they get attacked and then in retaliation for that attack drive humanity from the earth which is exactly what happens in mass effect the quarians are driven from their home system but no i don't think that in terms of at least this movie because they're not they're not humans no i never said they were this isn't your planet like you don't own this you took it oh okay from your creators. You didn't ask me whether or not I thought they were in the wrong. You asked me if I thought that they were well people. I don't think so. I disagree. Okay. I don't think AI will ever have sentience. Oh. And even if it does, it it's not real sentience. It won't. However, <laughs> in this, in this universe, particular movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're showing um, emotions. They no, sent it at us being a, a turning point. As soon as they have emotions, they're... It's a program. They're programmed. Yeah, but aren't, aren't we all just programs? Yeah. Made of I, I got electricity two and meat. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I don't necessarily think so. Like, I, I disagree. And it's only right that, I mean, we're like, they can't run us off this planet. But I mean, people, humans are doing that to humans over much smaller pieces of land right now. Yeah. <laughs> I think that the movie wants you to think that they're, they're human. So, or that they're people deserve the rights of people so i'm gonna roll with that kill them all and let god sort it out if there is a god wow all right (laughs) you want to go a little more in depth on that one or (laughs) no i mean i'm just i'm just i i jest i jest do you want to talk about any of the actors in this movie besides michael pena we already talked about the kid actors the the child actors the child actors actresses I thought mm-hmm. they all did fantastic. As much as I hated their characters sometimes, with the just just do as you're told. People are getting shot. <laughs> There's explosions. What are you doing? What are you doing? Now is not yeah. the time to exercise independence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, besides that, but I, I think they all did really well. I love I love Michael Pena. I love Lizzie Kaplan. They did fantastic. No one else has really got enough screen time for me to for me to say anything. I thought the movie was presented well. We've pointed out a few kind of CGI or continuity goofs, gaffes or what have you. But I mean, I find those in much bigger budgeted movies. So Sure. I did recognize Miles, the human soldier. Uh, his name is Israel Broussard. Okay. And the only reason why I recognized him is because he was in a movie called To All the Boys I've Loved Before, which is a teen romance flick that my wife has watched. Did you like it? I don't remember enough about it. I just remember it that. has a seven point so. two. This movie has a five point <laughs> eight. So it clearly must be better. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll watch that movie next. <laughs> I don't think there's any sci-fi in that one. Well, there's only one way to find out, friend. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to do it. <laughs> That's all I have. Did you have anything else? No. Well, this has been. Yet another episode of the B-Roll Podcast. We are the Sci-Fi Wise Guys. If you liked what you heard, feel free to follow, subscribe, like, rate, whatever it is on your preferred podcast listening platform. We'd appreciate it. If you didn't like what you heard, you can email us at uh, <laughs> scifiwiseguys at gmail.com. Feel free to give us your opinions. We would love to hear them. Probably. Uh, if you have any move. <laughs> If you have any movie suggestions, we'd love that too so we can stop arguing about it. Give us someone else to be mad at when we watch some horrible, horrible movie. I'm just saying, Mythica, the sequels are there. They are there. I'm, I'm holding them in my back pocket for when I run out of ideas. 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to jump on the you don't want to jump on the Mythica uh, momentum we got going. The momentum. <laughs> you want to do four more episodes? You just want to do a whole. We'll do a whole separate podcast just for Mythica. Oh man. B roll presents. That's a live show right there. Man. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> You're gonna binge watch all five of them in a row. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Oh man. Ugh. What else? Social media. Patreon. Patreon. You can get us on Twitter at B underscore roll podcast. And you can find us at patreon.com slash B underscore roll. All right. I think that covers our shameless plug basis. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening. We'll just talk to you later. Have a good one. Thanks, everybody. was that thanks everybody what the hell was that what do you want me to say <laughs> i don't know you outroed me i didn't yeah, get a i did <laughs> i i paused at points i, I was <laughs> uh